These three gentlemen take mental well-being seriously, but are not serious. They'd rather swear and make irreverent jokes. Now that you know, the Healy making mints. Welcome to We're Probably Not Okay, not your grandma's podcast. No, this is the podcast where we make fun of mental well-being. I'm your host, David Musgrave, the man kissed by all grandmas, and with me is... Your very best friend, Ryan Brown, and this is a podcast for grandpas only. Get the fuck out of here, grandmas. Yeah, with your Worthers and always having spearmint gum in your purse. And also with me is... I'm the third podcaster, the old (laughs) put-upon grandma. Brandon Full, shepherd of the forest. Thought we told you to get the fuck out of here. (laughs) I'm hanging on like a leech, you motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not really a grandma, I'm Brandon Full, human male. Oh shit! Not one of those damn inhuman grandmas. No. Nope. Yeah. Not yet. Not until the serum wears. I was, I was gonna say not until you get gummed by one. Not until the fever <laughs> takes hold. Yeah. Don't worry, Brandon. We'll put you down before you fully turn grandma. Not until the next full moon. Okay, so if you were aware, grandma, what would be your weakness? <laughs> um. Tipping at a restaurant. (laughs) Yeah, rap music too. Um, Yeah. What did you say, Brandon? I didn't hear yours. I said tipping at a restaurant. Oh, that's that's also good. Because I was going to say dinner after 4.30. (laughs) (laughs) No! The tattoo situation (laughs) in the NFL. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we sure do know our old people stereotypes, don't we? Mm -hmm. Let's be clear. We're not ageist. We we love our our old German grandma listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the German ones, though. Yeah, all the rest of them can burn in hell. Fuck right off. Yeah. Now listen, I do kind of judge old people who are shitty, though, because if you've had all this time to be alive and didn't spend it becoming a good person, but in fact mm. actively became worse, you can fuck off. That's fair. Yeah, that's a really solid point. That's fair. That is a good point. And it's never too late. That's right. All you all you grandmas listening, you still have time. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, that's enough grandma talk for this episode, I think. This is good grandma talk. Left. Yeah, let's save it good for the Patreon. Yeah, is, exactly. We should do a Patreon episode where we do our Boston accents and basically do an episode of Car Talk, but just about grandmas. Oh, Lord, I love it. Okay, so here's what I'm going to sell right now. You guys do the Boston accents. We'll take turns being somebody who's bringing in their grandma to get looked at. And the other two guys are like mechanics who are like, ah, yeah, here's what's wrong with you, grandma. Yeah, your grandma's got to bust a carburetor under there. (laughs) She's going to make a weird noise every time you put it in park. (laughs) Ooh, nice use of park in the Boston accent. Yeah, that was good. Thank you. That was good. I'm going to work on my Boston accent before um, I do one on live live television. 
True <laughs> facts. I used to love the fuck out of car talk. I don't know dick one about cars, but yeah. I loved listening to those two Dude. Boston guys like go on about cars on Saturday morning. It was so soothing. Oh, 95% of people that listened to Car Talk did not listen to it because they enjoyed automobiles or needed to learn how to fix one. Mm-hmm. It was definitely all about their personalities, one hundo. Yeah. Yeah. Frickin' frack? No. Is that something different? Uh, Click and clack the Tapper Brothers. There it is. Thank you. And yes, you're right. Saturday morning, if you had somewhere to drive and you turned yep. on NPR mm-hmm. and you were treated to... The dulcet tones of those Boston accents. Those thick, (laughs) creamy Boston accents. Oh, yeah. Just dripping out of your ear holes. Mm. Yeah. It's good stuff. Very relaxing. Well, on that note, Ryan, I dubbed the first to go in the wellness check-in. And I am going to have to ask you to keep it succinct because there may or may not be a special... Um, it's new segment at the end of the oh, show. Shit. Okay. And um, it may or may not have its own theme already. Here's oh. the spoiler: it doesn't. Oh. <laughs> well, maybe you, you can, can help think me with of that one. later. At least we know now. Um, I've been think I've been thinking, and, I, and it hasn't come to me yet. So you might have to help me workshop it live on the day. I've <laughs> I've been uh pretty good, honestly. I've been pretty good been having a lot of like really good in-depth conversations with uh, a friend of mine at work and it's just been just generally pretty nice um and a good way to spend your time and uh just to have like those really good sort of the conversations that led to this podcast a little bit um which has been pretty nice although i have a funny story to tell you about something that happened to me today And it was, I was almost incredulous that this happened. So this morning I went to get my coffee before I go to my office and um, I was wearing a Misfits t-shirt and I go up, I place my order, the dude behind the counter who is clearly a teenager, like he is clearly, he has like a cartoon teenager. He's got a mop of hair and like acne and braces, like he is a teenager like, if I said, picture a generic teenager, you, whatever you pictured, that's exactly what the fuck he looked like. Um, so, I order my coffee. He, like, takes down my order. And I swear to you, in the most condescending tone of voice possible, he says to me, so what's your favorite Misfits song? <laughs> and I said, dig up her bones. And she was, and he said, oh, I don't think I know that one. And I... <laughs> Dude, I was fucking the sheer fucking hubris. Don't do not seek to cite the deep magic to me. I was there when it was written. I'm from fucking Parkersburg. (laughs) (laughs) But can you believe that? Can you believe that? Like that level of sort of gatekeeping is, I don't know, so so passe almost that I was almost taken aback by that. Yeah, because well, I'm, glad, I'm glad you were able to fire that back to him and like melt his face like instantly. That was good. I would have said "Walk Among Us," which is like yeah. very surface layer misfits because that's all I really know. But it's, I mean, yeah, but absolutely, that's good shit too. Um, but that's the thing is, like, I 
I don't know. Like, that's weird, right? That's weird, isn't it? Like, I, I'm, I'm a customer at a restaurant and you, you want me to prove my bona fides? I think it depends on how he said it. He said he said that he it, uh, you said gr- that he said it condescendingly. Yes, granted, <laughs> granted, I was I was um, it was still pretty early, so I maybe I interpreted it wrong, but because I I always automatically kind of have a chip on my shoulder when it comes to teenagers anyway, because I always feel like they're probably going to make fun of me behind my back as soon as it's turned. Um, so. Maybe I interpreted it as a little more defensive than it or uh, um, offensive than it was, but it definitely came across as like a gauntlet being thrown down. Yeah, which is so yeah. odd to me. Brandon got stuck in a he said, he yeah, said I did. loop. Did you hear that? <laughs> he said that she said that he said, "Oh God, somebody kill me!" <laughs> Help. Oh, hold on, I we got to re- we got to restart him. <laughs> turn him off and turn him back on again. Yep. How does one turn on a Brandon? Brandon? Let's save that for another Patreon. Hey. <laughs> Actually, we can uh incorporate the grandmas into it and there's Ooh. a little spoiler for you. <laughs> oh. Spoiler alert. Okay after hours. Now with extra grannies. I hear you. <laughs> um I should really probably start filtering myself a little bit more when Kira's in the room in the background listening and only hearing my one side of the conversation. And then she hears something like, now with extra grannies, ooh. Yeah, it was all you. We had nothing yeah. to do with it. You're just like, yeah. Let's, finally, we can talk about grannies. Finally. <laughs> we can talk about grannies in Boston accents. Oh. My oddly, really- my weirdly specific kink. <laughs> She doesn't really listen to the podcast anymore, so she never gets the context. She just always thinks that I'm some kind of like freaky perv all on my own. Hey, hey, <laughs> just hey, like, hey, just like, hey, why not? <laughs> just like ruining you guys, you know, like exposing you to my my nonsense. <laughs> why doesn't she listen to us? This is a three way street, baby. It's nonsense all directions. That's not yeah. just me. Um, she's a busy woman with a with a child. Yeah. Is the answer to your question? Mm, okay. I like to imagine us as two little doe-eyed animals just looking up at you as you're like smoking a cigar, David, and you're like, yeah. "Let me tell you about somebody smacking your asshole with pizza dough." <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you what it's like the first time you climax when your grandma uses a Boston accent. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing, don't get me started on drinking pee. <laughs> And it all comes full circle. I didn't what even know the word fuck Holy before I started shit. this podcast. <laughs> Hold on a second. My computer is deciding to yell noises. Oh, don't. We are not giving free advertisement to that corporation. Computer. I don't, I don't know what just happened. Who, I, we didn't hear it. My computer decided to have a mind of its own. It, it's probably going to It's gonna pick up on my mic for sure. So um, if you if you if you guys listen to the episode. You're going to hear a free advertisement for a mega corporation that doesn't need free advertising. <laughs> Boo. They're not advertising for have, us. No, they are definitely not. I have since muted my computer, though. I have no idea why that happened. That was amazing. Anyway, so cool. Anything else, Ryan? Um, No, not really. Uh, Just... Shout out to my work friend for 
making the uh, the very stressful week that I had much more manageable. Yeah, that's your Earl. I've got one of those too. Mine's called Earl. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's appropriate. Yeah. I uh, that my Earl is called Earl. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. He's not like an Earl, as in like a Duke. Oh yeah. man, that'd be great though if he was Earl Earl. That, you should buy him <laughs> one of those like like lordship things yes. you can get on the internet. Yes, he must be Earl Earl before his life is done. I will make this happen. Um, but yeah, cool. Well, uh, Brandon, what up, bro? Uh, not much, man. Nothing really. Um, my mental state has been kind of up and down lately. I was feeling pretty good for a while, started to crash again today. Um, just getting really frustrated with the side effects of bipolar disorder or the effects, I guess, of bipolar disorder. Um, because my, I can't even remember what we talked about last time we recorded where I was. That's where my brain is. But, mm. you know, it it was a rough week and then it was a good week. And now it feels like it's going to start getting rough again. And I can't really tell. And that's just frustrating. Yeah. Just not to interrupt you, but I just for context, I, if I recall, I believe you f- said you were feeling very manic, like high. Okay, well, apparently bipolar disorder also means that you go the other way because I went the other way mm-hmm. and had a rough time for a while. Um, so yeah, I evened mm-hmm. out, and now I'm just in kind of I feel like the depressive episode yeah. uh, because for a while I was feeling real manic and good. And then I crashed and I was real bad. And then I evened out and now I'm kind of like, I don't know. There's a lot going on in my head, man. I don't know if I even out and then feel depressed because just my natural state is to be depressed or whether I'm still in the throes of some sort of bipolar thing. And I feel like yeah. I think about it as like this entity, this monster, you know, the bipolar disorder and oh, bipolar is making me do this. Or making me feel this way. Yeah. And I don't know if that's necessarily the most healthy way to look at it. No, it, it is. Believe me. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, cause when we, when we have the, um, the, when we have mental illness, you know, I refer to it as my brain demon. Like it, it helps to separate it, like to externalize it as like a separate tormentor almost because otherwise you turn that anger on yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, otherwise, it's it's you being like, God damn it, Brandon, you son of a bitch. Why aren't you happy? But instead of that, you're thinking, ah, God damn, bipolar disorder. It's keeping me from being happy or, or whatever it is you're thinking. I'm not saying that's what you're thinking. Um, but when we externalize it, we we're, we sort of release ourselves from the responsibility of our of our mental illness. Not not our responsibility for taking care of it, but our our responsibility or our fault. Maybe that's a better way to put it. Our fault is it, it, the mental illness is not our fault. Yeah. Um, it's something that we struggle with and that we deal with, but it's not something that we can take the blame for. We can take the blame for our like handling of it. Um, but, you know, it's not your fault that you've got it. And I think when we externalize it like that, even personify it, um, I think it, it is actually kind of healthy. Mm. Yeah, and I think that you guys can tell whenever I'm in an especially depressive episode. Uh, I think we've been friends long enough, and I can't really hide it too well. But there's that part of me, too, that's like, man, this is just so fucking unfair. And Mm. I know that that's a very defeatist way to look at it as well. Um, 
I don't know. It just feels unfair that people have to go through this. It is there's unfair. A, there's a lot of different things that people have to go through that's unfair. Yeah. So, but you're, you're absolutely not, right. Yeah, I'm not ta- I'm not putting down anything else, any other issues. But at the same time, I'm talking about my issue right now. So yeah, um, right, right. Yeah, you know, it just sucks. It sucks sometimes. It does. It does. Yeah, I'm and sorry you have to go through it, man. It's definitely unfair. It really is. I wish there was more I could do for you than just be like, hey, buddy, I'm here for you if you ever need to talk. But, I mean, that is that is true, and you know that of us. But uh, Yeah, that's yeah. not that's not nothing, you know? I mean, I shit you not. If you called me at 4 o'clock in the morning, I wouldn't bat an eye. I'd pick up the phone and be like, hey, man, you okay? Like, that's legit true. Yeah, and I appreciate so. it. And I know that you guys are there for me, and that means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so that is how I've been. I'm not sure where I'll be next time we record, so stay tuned. But what about you, David? How have you been? Oh, Kira said she would smack me awake if I didn't wake up. So you've got, you've got support from her, too. <laughs> yeah, you're back she'd up. Sma- she'd smack the shit out of me for you if you needed. Hell yeah. Um, I'm good, man. Like, I don't really have a lot to talk about. So I'm going to tell a quick story that I've already told you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, that just... You know, it was kind of inspired. The my actions were kind of inspired by Ryan, so it's relevant to this podcast. Um, but I was leaving work the other day, and it was raining pretty hard. And it has been raining for for weeks, months here. There's feels like it always rains here, except for this week's been beautiful. But anyway, um, and I see this older woman, um, who I would describe as a granny. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, just this older woman. Who I've was tuned on the side out. Of the if road. it's not a granny, I've tuned out. Yeah, did she have a thick, creamy Boston accent? <laughs> she did not have a Boston accent. No. But then what the but, fuck are we even doing? <laughs> she was sitting on the on the sidewalk on the side of a what is a pretty busy road and not a nice area really, and um and she was sitting on the road just kind of cross-legged and kind of rocking facing away from the road like towards this fence and she's like again it's raining so i drive past her and i'm like ah, not your problem not your problem this could be anything you don't want to get messed up in this like just keep driving not your problem and i drove about another block listening to ryan in the back of my head uh saying like you know she could need some serious help. You don't know what's going on. Even if this is like a drug situation or something, she's still a human being and needs to be treated as such. If she has a mental disorder, even worse, what if the cops come and we all know how they handle mental disorders, those kind of things go show some kindness, uh, at least check on her. So I turned around and, uh, pulled over and started approaching her. She had gotten up on her feet at this point was walking toward me, I was like, hey, how you doing? And she instantly starts crying. It's like, not good. I just have family problems. And like, I'm supposed to be at my daughter's. And I don't know how I'm going to get there and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, okay, well, you know, what's going on? Like, are you able, how are you going to get there? Do you do you have a way to get there? And she's like, no, I, I don't know. Everything's just falling apart. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, do you need a ride? And she's like, oh, my God, yes, please. You would just make my day. That would just help so much. I'm like, well, where to, first off? And she's like, it's like 12 miles away back behind the airport. I'm like, okay, that's not too bad. It is like the exact opposite direction of where I'm going, but it's only 12 miles. Not a big deal. So I'm like, all right, come on. Let's go get in the car. 
So got in the car and, you know, I could already tell something was up, but she gets in the car and she cannot hold still. She's like flailing her arms and like moving her head and leaning forward and leaning back. So instantly I'm like, okay, she's on meth. Um, which proved to be true, I believe, because for the rest of the car ride, she just talked nonstop, you know, and was telling me her life story. Uh, yeah, I used to have a house in Waxhaw, um, and I used to be an x-ray technician, and um, but then I divorced my husband because my church told me that I needed to divorce him and get away from him, and uh, now my life has spiraled out of control, and it's been bad for my daughter, and my daughter, oh my god, my daughter, and she started crying, and um, and whatever, and so I, I kept trying to be as, as comforting to her as possible and being like, hey, listen, Terry, like, I don't I don't know what you're really going through here, but like, you know, it's pretty clear that you're not taking care of yourself and that's going to make the problem worse. So, you know, I'm going to give you this ride, but I want to let you know that, you know, I want to encourage you to to seek some help um, for whatever you got going on because you're, you, you're not in good shape right now and I'm not going to judge you. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to preach at you or anything, but I'm going to encourage you to know that, you know, I gave you this ride. Here's an act of kindness, but it comes with, you know, a, a word of recommendation. And she started crying at that, of course. And, and she was like, you know, that is just so kind. And I think you were put in my path today uh, for me to be able to hear that. And I said, OK, well, whether you do anything with it or not is up to you or whether you even remember it or not, it's up to you. Um, and. Got her to to a trailer that um, I was not going to pull into because it it wasn't the nicest little area. So I I pulled over into a parking lot across the street and let her out, and she went her merry way. Well, all this to say, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I'm just here to tell you that the universe is a fucking bitch and an asshole. Because <laughs> how does it re- how does it reward me for this? Well, I call Kira to tell her of the craziness that just happened to me, and while I'm on the phone with her, I needed to turn around. So I turn around at a little patch of gravel and I'm like, there's some culverts on the side of the road that they haven't buried yet. And so if I backed up, I would have hit them. I didn't have enough space. I'm like, I'm going to go just a little bit forward. Even though I see that mud clay right in front of me, I'm just going to go a little bit forward. Then I'll back up. Second, my front tires hit that red clay. The car, it's like I was being dragged sideways and forward into the mud. And so I'm on the phone with Kira and I'm like, Ooh, okay, Kira, um... I think I might be stuck in the mud, and so I'm going to need uh, to look, call you back. Let me see if I can get myself out of this situation. So everything I did made it worse, and I did the whole, like, dry, try to drive forward, try to reverse, try to drive forward, try to reverse, and just got super stuck in the mud. Long story short, I had to wait for AAA to come by, but then a guy with a chain in a truck came by, but I had to get down on my hands and knees to put the chain under my uh, axle in the mud, Ended up covered head to toe in mud, destroyed the car, had to like detail it the next day um, and like wasted a bunch of my time. And then that's and had to stand out in the rain and and mud. So that's how the universe will repay your kind deeds. Well, I don't know if the universe repays kind deeds that quickly. No, <laughs> I don't think the universe repays kind deeds or anything. For yeah. <laughs> But no, I honestly, again, I don't say this story to pat myself on the back or to, you know, say, oh, poor me for this happening after I did a kind uh, act. I just thought it was kind of funny. Uh, I was I was never upset when I was in the mud. I actually had like this kind of Zen uh, moment. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll just chill here. I'll wait. Yeah, because you just nothing we can't happen. You just done a good deed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that was part of it, but um, I also just my life had been put into perspective a little bit at that moment too. Mm. 
I wasn't the one on the side of the road on meth, relying on the kindness of strangers. I was the one in my car that I get to drive every day and um, waited on AAA, which are people that luckily I've paid to come and rescue me in these moments. And they did exactly that. So it's like my life wasn't isn't bad. It could be so much worse. And I had just seen an example of how it's, it could be worse. And so it was not, it was the most patient Zen thing ever. I was never for a second. I, I joke about it, of course, because it's funny to me, but it was never, I was never upset. I'm not upset thinking about it. So, um, but that kind of goes into today's topic as well. Because Ghosts. I'm about to. Yes, ghosts, exactly. Um, Granny ghost in particular. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm going to ask you boys a series of questions and get your philosophical take on what what are some pretty hard questions to answer. What some would say impossible to answer. And I am one of those people. So are you boys ready for some impossible philosophical questions? Part one. Yes. Whoa, part one. It might come back. You never know. Okay. I feel like I feel like it could be a reoccurring episode. I don't hate to, it. I'm telling you that much. Are these similar to a verbal jazz type thing? Are these morality questions or is it kind of like a mixed bag of questions? Fuck morality. Wowzers. Yeah, there we go. So is morality a grandma? <laughs> yeah, morality is uh have you ever been to that uh granny stripper club down on fifth? <laughs> Morality is my favorite. Have I ever been to that granny strip club down on Fifth? Come on, David. (laughs) Obviously. Well, then you know morality. (laughs) He's not allowed to go there anymore. (laughs) I I really now I don't know why, but I love a bit about a granny strip club where all the strip stripper names are not like Crystal or Sugar or Cinnamon or anything like that, but it's stuff like morality. Mm -hmm. Hey, I think yes, yes, yes. Let's do that. I, and I'm sorry to interrupt, David, real quick. I got an A on an assignment in college after Ryan and I weren't talking anymore for a while because I stole a stripper name from him. Me? What was it? Yes, there was a stripper in high school, a name that you came up with as a joke, Marsha Mello. I don't know if you remember that. (laughs) I super don't. (laughs) Yeah, Marsha Mello. And I was taking a class on fallacies, and there's a – I can't remember the name of the fallacy, but it's one where you um, appeal to like, well, my uncle used to work on cars, so he can tell you that cars explode if you go over 50, you know, whatever, like yeah. an – whatever. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah. I had an assignment to do, and the assignment was to discuss that fallacy, and I got up in front and I said, you know, I was going to discuss this fallacy, but then I talked to my aunt, Marsha Mello, who is a stripper, and she told me that this assignment was stupid, so I'm not going to do it. And then I sat back down, and I got an A for uh, showing what the fallacy was like. That's damn fine. Yeah. That's awesome. So thank you, Ryan, for Marsha Mello, and I apologize. But anyway, David, continue with your questions. Yeah. So I actually started a list of questions like on my own, like just ones I wanted to talk about, ones that I used to ask myself a lot for kind of, uh, I don't know, as I'm falling asleep type of stuff. Um, And then I was like, hmm, I wonder what other ones people have thought about. So as one does, I Googled impossible philosophical questions and came across a couple different websites and started trying to compile questions. And I added like a couple 
But then I came across an article and I'm like, oh, wait, this basically is the best ones that I came up with and some of the best ones that other people came up with all in one uh, website. So I threw away my list and I'm just going to use this. So I'm actually reading um, on Gizmodo. Gizmodo, the future is here. Not a sponsor. I'm reading their article by George Dekorsky. Um, eight great philosophical questions that we will never answer. All right, let's answer them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do we so, win the podcast awards if we answer all eight of them, or even shit? Uh, even if we answer six of them, uh, dude, I'm going to say if we answer five out of these eight, then we win life. Damn. All right. I mean, it actually says eight philosophical questions that we'll never solve. So if we get one. I'm yeah. buying us pizza. We're already ahead of the curve if we get one. <laughs> I've just been dieting a lot and I want pizza, so. Yeah. You just we want answer to buy pizza. one. We can officially tell Socrates to eat a bag of dicks. Uh, hell yeah. Might do that anyway. All right. So I'm not going to read the uh, explanation of the questions after each of them, but I will just the first one for some, for some flavor, for some color. Why is there something rather than nothing? So again, while you listen to the explanation here, we are asking the question, why is there something rather than nothing? Our presence in the universe is something too bizarre for words. The mundaneness of our daily lives cause us to take our existence for granted. But every once in a while, we're cajoled out of the complacency and enter into a profound state of existential awareness. And we ask, why is there all this stuff in the universe? And why is it governed by such exquisite, persist, precise laws? And why should anything exist at all? We inhabit a universe with such things as spiral galaxies, the Aurora Borealis, and SpongeBob SquarePants. As, and as Sean Carroll notes, nothing about modern physics explains why we have these laws rather than some totally different laws. Although, physicists sometimes talk that way. A mistake they might be able to avoid if they took philosoph- – I'm sorry, I'm starting to fuck this up. A mistake they might be able to avoid if they took ph- philosophers more seriously. I think you understand that sentence. I'm not going to reread it. Um, and as for philosophers, the best that they can come up with is an anthropomorphic principle. The notion that our particular universe is the way – appears the way it does by virtue of our present as observers within it. Damn it, that's a what I was going to say. Fuck. I know. I know. I shouldn't have read this because that was kind of my thing too. A suggestion that has an uncomfortably tautological ring to it. Tautological. <laughs> a ring to it. Tautological. Tautological. That's fun to say. It is it's a good word. Say. Maybe that's I, the explanation yeah. for the universe is to say fun words. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I'm working on it, but I could be a philosopher. But, but let me ask again. Ryan, Brandon. Yes. Why there's something rather than nothing? Um, well, I would say probably um I was going to use the uh the thing that we said earlier about uh, how observation informs reality, but at the same time, that was already said. So just pulling mm-hmm. it straight out of my asshole, I'm going to say 
because that's the designation for this particular universe. And there's probably a universe, several universes out there where there is nothing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let me counter, though, because this gets to the heart of why I wanted to do this fucking episode to begin with. Okay, so there's other universes out there that kind of govern our universe or are adjacent to it or begat it or are becoming begat by ours or whatever you want to say. Where did those other things come from? Where did it start? What was the origin? Well, maybe it has to. Um, uh -huh. Well, I mean, that's kind of in and of itself, like the idea of something needing to have a beginning and an end is, is us the way we perceive things. Like it's the way that we perceive our life as a series of events that progress, you know, in one direction linearly. So we sort of assume that everything has those rules. You know what I mean? But if there is mm -hmm. something bigger than us, let's just say it's the universe, like it doesn't necessarily have to follow the same rules as our personal perception. So just because we can't potentially conceive that something may not have a beginning or an end doesn't mean that that's not the case. And I'm not trying to like make an argument for God or whatever. I'm just saying like, it's entirely possible that the universe is here because this is the blank canvas upon which reality is built. This is just what it is and has always been because maybe time just keeps looping around. Maybe I'm like the 756th version of Ryan. And and I, ha again, this is something that I've thought about ad nauseum. Um, so I have had those thoughts that you've just had. But even even with that, though, it's still maddening to think about their like needing to be a beginning because nothing, something came from nothing. The, that doesn't make sense that anything would exist at all. Mm -hmm. uh, let me blow One your mind right now because I just learned something. Okay. Have you heard of quantum foam? Quantum, quantum foam? Foam, foam yes. No. I just learned about this. Um, so even like on a molecular on a subatomic level where you have quantum uh, uh see i don't even remember exactly how to explain this but basically there's no no explain quantum physics to us it's okay okay uh how long do you guys got cuz i can explain it in probably about 30 seconds that should do it i got 30 seconds baby <laughs> um no so the very smallest material that we know of is dark matter right isn't that like hmm. It's the densest. Yes. Okay. Well, anyway, quantum foam, they've discovered now, makes up everything. Even whenever they do tests where they've, like, sealed things in vacuum chambers and sucked every particle out of it, there is still quantum foam that always exists inside of nothing. There is truly – they've discovered there's truly nothing. There is no nothing ever. There's always something. So that's, like, the – that's the canvas, the, the canvas upon which reality itself is written is quantum foam. Yeah, and what's crazy is at some point they're going to find something even smaller. You know, they're going to be like, hey, quantum foam, we thought that was crazy, but what about double quantum foam? But or now look whatever at this. Have you, heard, have you heard of quantum cheese? We were so <laughs> goddamn stupid to think about quantum foam. Look at this. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I kind of, after learning that information, really made me think as well. And I don't think that there is nothing anymore. I think there has always been something. Yeah. And I agree with you, Ryan, as far as Yay. like whether there's a beginning or an end. 
I think that that's a human <clears throat> that's a human way of thinking. Oh, about it, it is. Oh, it, it totally is a human way of thinking about it. And, and you, and even with the explanations that I believe, <clears throat> which what you just said about quantum foam kind of furthers the thought that yes, there's always been something. But then, if if there was if there was this like great nothingness. Oh my God, Iggy! We shut up. We're talking quantum physics here. Whoa. <laughs> he has a lot of thoughts on quantum physics. He does, man. I mean, you know what? Maybe we should ask Iggy. Yeah. Maybe he knows the answers. I think he knows the answers, and he's trying to tell us. Yeah. He's yeah. probably like, he's like, "You guys are fucking idiots." He's like, "I have a limited time on this earth. Listen to me. I know the answers." <laughs> Uh, but I forget what I was saying. I I was going to just go back to the fact that it's still maddening to think, okay, sure. There's always been nothing. There's nothing been everything. It's, it's all the same. Time means nothing. Still, why, why mass? Why space? Why time? Mm-hmm. What, where did that start? Why did that start? Yeah. I think the why, why is really what is bringing, is, uh, bringing you down as far as your thoughts go is the why everything is the way it is. Yeah, I guess that's true. And I mean, it does seem like it's, again, there had had to have been some form of order to make it so that I get to sit here as a 40 year old white dude in America, in North Carolina, all concepts of reality and bullshit with you guys about, why we're here, why I'm sitting here. The fact that we were, and, and consciousness is, is a question that, you know, comes up too. like, why, why do we have, why were we cursed with enough knowledge to ask the why and never understand it? Yeah. So do you fear the chaos then? Not at all. Do you fear the idea or do you dread the idea that maybe there is no order to this and this was just a chaotic set of events that ended up with you sitting in North Carolina recording a podcast? No, I don't fear that at all. I mean, it's kind of comforting to think that there's a force out there that's like, this all makes sense. Yeah. And even the suffering of man, even the suffering of the smallest molecule, it all was for something. But, I mean, that, obviously but something. that's you. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's you. That's what you're doing. And I'm, that's not an accusatory statement at all. I'm just saying, like, we oftentimes kind of overlook the fact that, like, when we look for meaning, like, for some sort of over overarching meaning to everything, when we... First off, when we it starts when we assume there is one, and then when we start looking for one and start like ascribing meaning to, I don't know, all events really like that's us. We're the ones doing that. Like we get to decide what means what for us personally. Like we can look outside ourselves, but ultimately it's going to be you that says, "Yes, I choose to believe that God X, Y, or Z." has deigned this is why this happens, you know? Ultimately, that's you. Not to say that, Mm. you know, whatever God isn't real or something, but, like, you're the one who's deciding that's what that means. And Well, it goes back to the observation theory that we both were like, damn, this is what we wanted to talk about in this, isn't it? Because, like, the only reason that, um, you know, the concept of water exists is because we're here to observe it. 
if there was no conscious thing to observe water, then like, you know, water in the way that we perceive it and, and interact with it doesn't exist. Sure. Yeah. The sound of one hand clapping, right? Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, there's there, but taking that even a step further though, have you ever seen what the bleep down the rabbit hole? Uh, yes, yeah. I have actually, but like probably 15 years ago. So I, the only thing I remember is that Quark from deep space nine was in it. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. And that, and that one deaf lady that, uh, has been in a lot of shows since she was Marley in magicians. Hey, she was in magicians, right? We've just talked about magicians recently. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. It all comes back to magicians, doesn't it? Anyway. Um, so there's a moment that always stuck with me from that. And, and I don't remember what the, what the test is called, but basically they shot, um, particles through a sieve and, um, and there was like a slit in the sieve. So the particles would go through that slit and Hot. then would spread out on the other side and then would be measured on a device as to kind of which direction they went, how far they went. So they could basically shotgun a bunch of particles through here and then see what configuration they landed on outside. And and generally, for the most part, um, when they did this without directly observing the test results, they would just spread out randomly. But the weirdest thing is, every time they actually watched the test and watched the results come through, all of the particles aligned perfectly up and down that slit mm-hmm. instead. Like every time. Yeah. And so their their um, conclusion is that the observation of the particles affected them somehow and affected the results of the test. Yeah. Simply by being aware of it. But like the particles certainly weren't aware of the observer. So or why did that happen? were they? Well, or were they? That's yeah. not, And I mean, yeah, I said that in a sarcastic way, but like. No, I we know. don't know. There's so much shit about science that we don't know. And I know that I'm yeah. <laughs> not breaking any new ground here by saying like, hey, guys, there's more science we don't get yet. What? Wait, what? There's yeah, more? Yeah, I know. There's more science than what we know of. Oh, shit. Uh, my stripper Aunt Marsha Mello told me that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it, there's just so much to it. It's crazy to really think about that because it also goes back to consciousness a little bit. And I don't know if that's one of your questions, David. Um about consciousness as well, but what is it about us that makes it so these particles align when we look at them? Would it, if dogs were scientists, would that work? You know, is it a strictly a human phenomenon or does it do that anytime it's observed by anything? Mm. I'd be curious That's to get me. some dog scientists in there. Yeah, I was just going to say they absolutely should rerun that test. And instead of having a scientist observe the test, have a dog observe it. And see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> because then it changes that that changes everything, doesn't it? Because then it's less observation and more perception. You know what I mean? Because a yeah, dog yeah. could look at something and be like, I don't know what the fuck that is, and maybe that wouldn't, yeah, you know, change the way that uh, the the molecules behave. But if a dog looked at it and like, oh, check out these fucking molecules, bro, and then they did align in the in the previous way, that we would know that it's not observation but perception. That is the difference because then that implies like consciousness is the, um, is the determining factor, which kind of comes back to the whole, you are the universe observing itself kind of thing and kind of hints at like a larger, like, uh, what's the term, uh, 
quantum entanglement of yeah living of like all exactly. living things. Don't get too ahead of me. Or am I behind you? <laughs> oh my god! Or are you in every direction from me? I'm inside or are your you mind. <laughs> um. So I've got. I'm going to ask one more question, and then we're going to move on to the teased, aforementioned teased uh, new segment. Um. The question in, on this website is really boring. It's does God exist? I'm going to ask it a little bit differently. We already um, solved this. We do. Uh, is it Iggy, my cat, and he was meowing and trying to tell us? Oh, maybe. We solved this oh. way back in episode two. Oh yeah, religion only Goliath shot first or whatever. Yeah, dog. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. But I'm going to ask it a little bit differently. Um, I want you to take the opinion that God does exist, but I want you to say not, I want you to answer in the terms of what is God. So you want us to operate initially from a position that God definitely does exist. Yes. And then define what that would mean for us personally. I suppose. I'll, I'll I'll kick it off because it basically you kind of answered how I was going to answer it. And that's why I said, don't get ahead of me because I do think that if God does exist, I don't think that God is a separate uh, entity. I think if anything, God spread himself out him or herself or they, their self more realistically, because why would God have a gender? Um, but I'm just so used to being a Baptist and growing up and saying he, mm-hmm. um, that, that God spread itself out through the entire universe and that the universe is made of God. And so therefore down to this larger beings, smaller beings, the most minuscule beings, the most minuscule molecule, all of that is God and kind of operates through us. And so I think the concept of, Christianity in this context, and, and I'm not saying I believe this, it's just something that I've thought about. I'm just, in this context, Christianity saying that, you know, you accept God into you and God is a part of you and you are a part of God is kind of, you know, kind of makes sense with what I'm, what I'm thinking, but on a, a much different scale. Um, and that's why kind of God is omniscient in a lot of thoughts because God literally, literally is everywhere. Not that God can see everything and hear everything and like, oh, God's over my shoulder again, watching me, you know, talk about grannies. Um, but again, literally, he just rolled me. his eyes. He's like, again, <laughs> this dude, <laughs> <laughs> but that God, it literally is everywhere, meaning God is me and everything around me. Yeah. I think that would make the most sense from my limited perspective. See, for me, if I believed 100% that a God existed, then my first thought would be either God is actively malevolent mm-hmm. or wildly ambivalent yes. to the plight of humans. Yeah, Because to suppose, at least in the God in my world here, has created humans – and has created the universe and untold galaxies and planets and probably life on other planets as well. But he has created humans with such an ability to worship and cause a lot of 
good things in his name, but also a very large amount of bad things in his name as well. And never once, if this God did exist, and I guess I'm kind of falling back on a Christian God here, uh, just again, as you mentioned, David, from my upbringing as a Methodist, he there's precedent in the Bible where he just shows up, you know? He talks about it in Revelation. Jesus comes down here. At any point, he could yeah. come down and be like, hey, guys, I think you are misunderstanding what I said. Let's try yes, this yeah. again. Yeah. Th- you there's know, something- I'm going to go on Fox News and CNN both. Yeah. I'm going to hit well, I think that's why there's a lot of I think that's why there's a lot of um literature and and uh shows and stuff like that 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 deal with the concept of God either being dead or having fucked right off and, and been like okay enough of this like this is not going the way that I wanted so you all do whatever you want I'm going to go over here to planet Xenom- xenomorph oh no I just tried to think of a word and I said like the worst alien word I could think of Oh no, planet so xenomorph! To, no, this sounds. I'm bad. gonna go over here to planet xenomorph and and watch these guys mutate into horrible beasts instead of fuck around with you anymore. Well, I mean, if we um, assume that there is that just operating from what Brandon was saying, like if there is a divine and directing will outside of our own, it it does have to be either actively malevolent or entirely not present because. Just the system, like the system that exists, like reality as a operating system for the universe is kind of bullshit. And I don't mean that in like a edgy nihilistic way. I just mean like, like you were saying, Brandon, uh, there's a lot of shit that just does not make any sense. Like our, it was our reality hobbled together like last minute because it was a project that was due and God like was just stayed up too late <laughs> playing Call of Duty the night before. And, oh, my dog ate my universe. Yeah. Or or is it like a thing where um, he just doesn't act, just actively doesn't care or aggressively roots against us? And so like that's sort of the the for me personally, like the biggest argument against God as a separate entity. Like I, I can't imagine like I, for me, I think the height of human arrogance is to assume that. Like we're the smartest thing in the galaxy, yeah. And and so like I can't imagine there's not something bigger than us out there. I don't necessarily think that it's God in the way that you know we're all shown God in you know pop culture, mass media, and religion. I think that there is something, some sort of unifying, connecting thing, at, at least whether it has a consciousness or a will, or it's comprised entirely of our consciousnesses, consciousness, I and wills <laughs> is, is, you know, something that I sure as shit don't know, but like, I can't imagine just, just the amount of the, the, the way that humans have the ability to connect with each other, the way that we can like imbue significance and value mm-hmm. on things that, might not necessarily even have it the way I can I can uh, name a pencil Steve and then pick it up and snap it and a part of you dies because oh Steve's gone yeah you not know Steve because like yeah. because that's there I'm there's something Steve. inside of us that connects us to each and every one of each other and allows us to and I think that that we have to actively fight against that in order to be shitheads. 
Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop you on that thought just because we need to move on. But I will just kind of in summation there of, of what you said about, you know, connecting with with other humans is a quick example is I used to hide this little uh, plastic pineapple around the office and then make a contest of people finding it. And the first person that fi- found it and brought it to me won a prize and they named the pineapple and they like created back lore for the pineapple and they loved the pineapple. Yeah. So it, it, you're exactly right on that. That's a, just another example of the snapping pencil Steve in half. But this is a conversation we probably will uh, touch on more. Cause I think there's a lot of meat on them, their bones. However, now is time. For everyone's new favorite segment, David Saw a Thing. Oh. This is the segment where David Saw a Thing, and now he wants to talk about it on his podcast. Today on David Saw a Thing, we're going to read the press release from American Psychology... Psychology... This word's hard. American (laughs) Psychology... Oh my god. It's pronounced ankylosaur. American Ankylosaur Association. I'm not going to try again because you know the word I'm trying to say. And I got like a weird little um, brain like tick on it. And I don't (laughs) think I can say that word ever again. Anyway, the APA put put out a press release titled Male Gender Bias Deters Men from Some Career Paths. And I'm going to read it in its entirety. Are you ready? Yes. Washington. Men are less likely to seek careers in early education and some other fields traditionally associated with women because of male gender bias in those fields. According to research published by the American, I'm sorry, by the APA, <clears throat> uh, bias against men in healthcare, early education, and domestic fields has been associated in prior research, and the current study sought to gauge the impact of that bias. In one experiment with 296 online participants from the U.S., one group read an article accurately describing research that found educators prefer a female elementary school teacher applicant over male applicant with the same qualifications. Another group read an article that claimed that there was gender equality in early elementary education, and there was a control group that didn't read any article. The men in the group that read about male gender bias anticipated more discrimination in early elementary education and felt less sense of belonging, less positive and less interest in pursuing a career in that field. Female participants weren't affected by the report and similar responses in different groups. An experiment with 275 students at Skidmore College had similar findings. The research was published online in Journal of Experimental Psychology Applied. While female gender bias in STEM fields has received much public attention, male gender bias in HEED careers has been largely ignored, even though it has negative impacts, said the researchers uh, Kareen Moss Ruskin, Ph.D., an associate professor of psychology at Skidmore College. It is a deterrent to, to society if we keep slotting people into gendered roles and stay the course on gender segre- segregated career paths, regardless of whether those jobs are traditionally associated with women or men, she said. That's a powerful way of reinforcing the traditional gender status quo. This isn't that much longer, guys, don't worry. 
Medi-Cal for only 3% of preschool and kindergarten teachers and 13% of registered nurses in the U.S., according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. In prior research, male nurses have reported higher levels of workplace bullying than female nurses. Male elementary teachers have reported higher rates of discrimination and are perceived as less likable, less hireable, and a greater safety threat to children than female teachers. Rooted in traditional views of motherhood, the stereotype that women are more caring and naturally suited for someone care or for some care-oriented professions limits opportunities for men in those fields, Moss Raskin, Raskin says. There's no evidence that men are biologically incapable of doing this work or that men and women are naturally oriented towards different careers, she said. Both men and women are deterred by gender bias they may face in different industries, which is understandable. Men also may be deterred by the low pay commonly found in heed field, which may be related to discrimination against women and a devaluing of work associated with them. Moss, whatever her last name said. More recruitment and monitoring, I'm sorry, more recruitment and mentoring of men in heed fields could help reduce gender bias and lead more men to seek careers in those fields. Um, so I've got two questions and you can answer them however you like. One, would you pursue a career in early education or nursing yourself? And two, do you think there's any justification in um, the se- segregation of genders in roles on a, on a, on a large scale, not like individual. Cause obviously it, it is based on the individual. There are plenty of men that are in these fields and do an awesome job, but I mean like uh, on a whole, uh, would I pursue a career? No. Um, I don't get along very well with children and sick people make <laughs> me anxious. <laughs> so those are my two. What big if it was a nursing that- home? Of only ladies. Oh, I couldn't do that even more. I mean, I know that we have the uh, the joke about me loving grandmas, which is true, but I like healthy grandmas. Oh, yeah, a good, sturdy Midwestern gal. Yeah. <laughs> I like one who can rip a log apart with her hands. Midwestern? I thought you liked him from Boston. See, we're losing the Lord. Well, no, I think Brandon is Midwestern and you were Boston, right? Anyway, anyway, uh. Brandon, uh, continue <laughs> about sexy grandmas. Um, and your second question, paraphrase it for me again. Basically, do you think there's any justification in uh, seg- segregation of genders in different t- – so, like, do you think it, it makes sense that women would be teachers in early education over men? See, at the risk of sounding ignorant, there's a part of me that was like, well, yeah, that makes sense. You know, women carry babies and they raise babies and that's part of, like, what they do and part of what – if you think about how we're programmed with our DNA, that's just part of what women – we're programmed to do, which is a dangerous thing to say, I know. And I don't mean that, like, that's all women are programmed to do. But right. our DNA is hard-coded that there are certain things that just, as a base animal, we are meant to do. Now, do I think every woman is good with a kid? No. Do I think every man is bad with a kid? No. Um, I think the bias probably comes down to pay. I think that hit it right on the nose. Yeah, and it's I interesting agree. to hear that so many of those teachers that are underpaid are women because it also goes back to the argument that women are paid less anyway, which statistically they are. So, you know, it kind of makes sense, but there's also a part of me too. That's like, 
if I had another kid and she was in elementary or she was in kindergarten, I don't know if I would want a male teacher. You know, I have that bias. Yeah. What about you, Ryan? Um, I personally couldn't be a nurse. I can tell you that much for fucking sure. Um, um, I, I've worked with, um, kids over the years in various ways. Like I was a summer camp counselor, a Sunday school teacher, a kids martial arts teacher. And, and I like working with kids. I like kids. So, I mean, I probably could do, um, some kind of early education thing, but I certainly wouldn't want to, um, because yeah. like we were like, cause teachers are treated like shit. We, yeah. we treat teachers like shit. Like we don't pay them and, and, um, you know, they don't get any support and they have to fucking put up with goddamn mass shooters and Republican politicians and other motherfuckers like protesting outside their school because someone said that Martin Luther King Jr. exists or whatever the fuck they're mad about now. Um, and as far as what any about this. Huh? Yeah. What about the second question? Do you, do you think that, that there's a, a reason that, exists you think it makes sense that women are are in early education more um no i think all gendered roles are bullshit honestly um i think that i just i do i think that is the case i understand why people like what you were saying i get that um people probably feel due to like certain maternal instincts i understand why people think that women are more equipped to be uh, better teachers or caregivers or, or what have you. Like, I, I get that. I just think that it's a product of our society and nothing else. It's just peer pressure from dead people. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that uh, there's nothing that I could do that a female version of me couldn't do. Like, I just don't think that, um, yeah, and I think that it's, it's, it's a thing where we kind of take it for granted, honestly. Like, our society is so, like, male-centric that the notion of any kind of, uh, equality is, is met with a kind of, I don't know, it, it's treated as, as ridiculous, even by, um, even by people who might not even realize that's what, what's going on. Like, you know, uh, there, there's plenty of times I've, I've seen it firsthand plenty of times where like female coworkers that I have are who have more experience or are in, you know, a different field that is more relevant to the conversation or whatever are routinely either ignored or dismissed or whatever, just because like quiet ladies, a man is talking kind of situation and and i don't think it's like an active choice i think it's just like the 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 societal programming that exists so when i see that i'm like wow that's that's fucking bullshit yeah and and i'll I'll jump in there uh just because we do need to wrap the episode up I, i mean i think there's probably an entire entire episode we could do on on gender equality uh in the workplace let alone just gender equality um I think I agree. Just my answer is that I could be a, a an early education teacher and I could be a nurse, um, but I'd have zero desire to do either of those things. Word. Um, 
I, I think, you know, I don't think that that is necessarily because of my gender. Um, I think as a society, I think that we probably are making a lot of strides as far as women in STEM um, and, and probably even men in heed. Um, but I think that there will be long after our generation, uh, prejudices against these things. Cause I do think there is a, a natural view of, from a biological standpoint, like you said, Brandon, you know, that, that women are the ones that, that carry babies, connect with them on a different level than men do. And unfortunately men are gross. Uh, well, as well. That, so. that is true. Yes. Men are gross. <laughs> Empirically, so, I, men are gross. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, that's just a reality of our world. So I do think I ha- I have the bias that I would rather have uh, Charlotte have a woman uh, early education teacher than I would a man. Now, obviously, I-, I typically will think that until I meet an individual, I'm just going to think the worst. And then if I meet a man that I'm like, man, this is a really good teacher and he cares about children and he's not creepy. Cool. Right on. You know, I, I, that won't bother me. But I do think I have a preconceived notion just for lots of reasons, society and the fact that men are gross. Yeah. But and anyway. I do believe that if men, more men worked in the heed fields, especially teaching, you would see teachers get paid a lot more. Oh, if it yeah. was a oh, lot more sure. percentage for of sure. men than it was women, there would be a lot more yeah. people fighting for it, I think. Mm-hmm. Probably. All right. Well, that was our first uh, David Sala thing. How, how did you get like it? It was thought provoking for sure. Yeah, it since, was fun. Since, since we don't really have a uh, since we don't really have a summary of a very specific thing, since this was just an impossible questions, and we just asked a couple and kind of talked about them. Um, instead of a wrap up this time, I would like you to help me very quickly workshop a uh, jingle for this segment. Again, the segment being called David Saw a Thing. I'm putting you directly on the spot, Brandon. Go. What did he see? What? What did he see? What? David saw a thing. Well, got it in one. <laughs> Ryan, I don't God even want to hear yours, and I, I don't want to try either. I don't want to try. I think I think Brandon got it in one. I feel like wow. you can speed up the David saw a thing a little bit. Like that, I feel like needs a workshop a little bit. Yeah. But the what did he see? Yeah. What? That's I can't budge on that. So I'm thinking all three of us uh, seeing this in a different uh, octave, and then we mix it together and and uh, put a little jingle behind it. Mwah, it's gold. We'll work yeah. on it. It's <laughs> perfect. Right. Well, guys, I appreciate uh, you as always stimulating conversation. Um, very interesting conversation. Again, I think I think this this episode actually kind of consisted of. Uh, about like 10 different topics that could be full episodes. So I'm sure we'll touch base on these and other um, things that come from this conversation in the future. Yeah, this is good because this is planting seeds and sowing a field. And then we're going to reap all these ideas later. Yes, I like it. So if we ever, if I'm ever like, man, I can't think of an episode title. I'm just going to come back and listen to this episode. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, until next time. I'm not going to talk about grannies in this one. I'll believe it when I see it. I'm David Musgrave, the man kissed by all... (sighs) Grangels. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And with me as always is... Your very best friend, Ryan Brown. And I'm Brandon Full, shepherd of the forest. And we're probably not okay. Go kiss your grandma, or Brandon will. (laughs) 